Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the session where I'm still figuring out how to use the studio after two years of not using it very often. Uh, but we have an exciting day, an exciting night planned for you. We've got two shows happening tonight. Uh, not just one, but two, which I haven't done in years because I'm way too lazy to do two shows. But tonight's a special night uh, because it's a tribute night to our friend Tasty. Uh, that's, that'll be our second show, Tasty Tribute Show. But right now, uh, our very first show is dedicated to just one person, one very special person, a person that I've known for years, a person that uh, was very close to Tasty and came to town for our Tasty Night. So we wanted to do a Bankhead Brewing Show with Chad Mosier. Chad, welcome back to the studio. Good to be back, man. Feels good. Have you been in this studio? Yes. Okay. Have we ever done a Bankhead show? No, sir. We just had you on like, oh, let's check in with Chad let's type of thing. Let's just see what's happening, yeah. Okay, yes. right. Well, it's long overdue. It feels familiar. Okay. Stuff on the walls. Yeah. You know, I It's like probably it. the same microphone. It probably hasn't even been clean since you <laughs> last used same it. Same desk. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Some things are, are the same. It's maintained. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly held up. There's actually a lot of gremlins that have to be fixed still. So if you're still hearing audio problems out there in the, in the podcast and, and video world, I don't know, make a donation, because I can't afford new equipment for a while. <laughs> it needs to be fixed. Uh, Teresa Pasuti, uh, back in the studio as my co-host, uh, as as usual, which I um, I always feel better when you're here, Teresa. Oh, it's the it's the new usual, and yeah. I feel better, too. I'm you know? glad. I'm so glad you haven't gotten sick of this show. I just miss you when I'm not here. So. <laughs> that's, 
That's well, that's nice. <laughs> and Bevo <laughs> is here as usual, running things on the uh, chat side and the video side for us. Um, as usual, I was hoping Sam would be here tonight to hang out with us later, oh, Chad. That'd be like old times, right? Yep, or uh, Schumann. Yeah, well, so Schumann <laughs> will be here later. Oh, perfect. For oh, those geez. of for those of you who have been listening for years, um, Chad, of course, uh, is my old roommate. That's how we met, um, became fast friends. But then Schumann, it was me, Chad, Schumann, and Sam. Uh, holding down the fort in that in the old rap good times, pad. good times. Um, but I don't know. Sam like is responsible now. Yeah, he's at work. He owns a business, Chad. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to meet I the was... famous infamous uh, Schumann. Oh yeah, oh. Schumann. <laughs> you will hold on to your pants. <laughs> <laughs> How about Jumpin' Johnny? Uh, Jumpin' Johnny is on vacation. Ah. Um, so unfortunately, there's, there's he... a couple of them. There's a few of them. Yeah, there's there's uh, <laughs> Schumann, the oldest brother. Uh-huh. There's Shoe Light, the youngest brother, and then there's Shoesafix, the middle brother, who's a born again <laughs> Christian. So we named him Shoesafix years ago. Um, and anyhow, Schumann will be here tonight. He's excited. So for those of you listening at home, especially if you're not in the Bay Area, it's SF Beer Week uh, this week. And we always do different events, of course. And this year, we've started a new event called Tasty Night. And it's Tasty Night, a 21-tap salute to our fallen craft beer hero, uh, Mike Tasty McDole. And here at the Hop Grenade, we have all of our 21 taps dedicated to Tasty. And they're either beers that he loved, uh, brewers that uh, he influenced or who influenced him, um, just any way that he's had an impact on the craft beer scene, which he had a, a massive impact. So we thought th- this is not a this is not a memorial. Um, uh, this is not a, a funeral show. Um, that th- we've done that. This is a tribute to our friend Tasty. So we're going to talk a lot about beer tonight. And we're going to talk about it in a way that Tasty inspired it, and that'll be our, our second show that happened tonight. But if you are local, you still got time to get down to the Hop Grenade. Uh, the whole thing starts at 6. We're going to go until 10, and, and our beer list is is just stellar. It's so good. I mean, you looked at it earlier. Oh, it's great. Yeah, great lineup. And and some of the beers you, you'll, you've seen here before, so I'm not saying everything is this one-off, but they do all have a special part in Tasty's life. For example, Blind Pig is on tap from Russian River. Come on. His favorite IPA ever. You gotta love it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It is. I mean, who doesn't love that beer? It, it, right. But Tasty really loved that beer. He really loved yeah. that beer. So loved it. a special night here at the Hop Grenade um, and a special show coming up after this where we'll bring in all kinds of brewers um, that are going to uh, pay tribute to to how he influenced their brewing or talk about a collaboration they did and and all of that. So, so hang tight for that. Um, but like I said, this show is about my friend Chad. And uh, and Bankhead Brewing Company. Awesome. So why don't we start with the beer in my glass, Chad? Sure. And then we'll learn about what you've been up to and how you got with Bankhead. What's this beer? So uh, we call this Low Beams. Um, it's an American Light Lager, uh, 3.5%, easy drinking. Um, it's got some corn in there, so you kind of get that sweetness. But this kind of came about because we were open for a year or two, and everyone kept coming in going, oh, I just drink domestic. I was like, oh, well, that's great because everything's domestic. Look behind that window. It's all made right there. <laughs> well, they didn't right. get that, right? They're Can't like, well, no, no, you know, like the big three. Like, oh, okay, okay. And they would come in and they'd go, I need a Kerr's Light. Yeah. Oh, Kerr's Light. We're <laughs> down in Texas. I'm like, I thought that was great. Kerr's. Like, well, let's give them a Kerr's Light. And uh, so that's what this this came about. We use uh, Pure Idaho Pilsner Malt from Great Western mm-hmm. and uh, – you know, a, a bag of flaked corn, lager it like any other lager, 48 degrees, uh, German Bach yeast, 
um, kind of across the board on our lagers, okay. White Labs, and um, just turns out three and a half percent easy drinking. Why? Why Bakis? It's just I don't know. I've just always been a fan since a home brewer. Yeah, like that eight thirty three. Um, Tasty was always a fan. I may he might have pushed me in that direction. Um, but I started doing Hellas at home, right in the backyard. Actually, yeah. uh, love your Hellas at the old uh, yeah the old Rat Pad, and um, I think just Bach just does really well. It really accentuates the malt. Um, but it'll go low. It'll it'll finish out dry. Okay. If you need it to, it'll just it's a workhorse. You can beat it up. You can do a lot of different generations with it. Okay. Just like the character of it. So, do you do a traditional lager fermentation, or do you do the tasty method where he, he used to shorten that? So it's funny, you know. I did the tasty method. So we kind of warmed it up right as quick as we could. Yeah. But now, um, for the last six years, we've been. Very traditional, forty-five degree knockout. Okay. Um, pitch the yeast, let it free rise to forty-eight, and keep it there for a couple weeks, and then reach up to fifty-five, maybe in that last third week. Okay. And then you know you kind of go slow down on the crash. Um, so very traditional, very okay. traditional as far as middle fruit in the beer as well. Oh yeah. So it's all just Hallertown middle fruit all the way through. Yep. Um, it just gets a dose at ninety minutes, basically. I forget the IBUs on this guy, but it's not much, right? That's it. One dose at 90 minutes. That's it. Wow. Yeah, just a little bittering. Yep. Bounce it out. Yep. This yeah, is a great awesome. beer. It's, it's super it's good. Great. It's easy drinking. I don't care it's, if it's my it's jam. The, yeah, right? Yeah. People are like, I don't care if it's the Kurz beer. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. So we have a fun logo, right, that kind of emulates one of those big breweries um, in a nice way. It's kind of more cars like Pixar Okay. Uh, goofy cartoony, but uh, nice. Yeah, I'm think fun. I'm thinking you need to have like a window into the brewery, and then there's one of your fermenters just says the big three. Its name is the big three. Oh, like that. there It'd you be go. Like, hey, we make it in the big three. I like that. So, yeah, I like that. It's right there. Or, it's right from domestic tank. Yeah, domestic. <laughs> I love that answer too. People, yeah. Yeah, I, I only drink domestic. Perfect. Yeah, made it all right here. Right there. I had a guy, I was setting up our patio here at the Hop Grenade, and an older guy walked by, and he said, uh, do you have any non-pasteurized beer? And I actually had to think for a second. I was like, wait, do we, wait, wait a sec. What does yeah, that mean? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, sorry, you caught me off guard, because I don't think I've ever been asked that. But all of our beer is non-pasteurized. Basically, if it's a craft beer, it is not pasteurized. Easy was answer. he worried about picking up a yeast infection or something? He <laughs> he claimed that pasteurized beer makes him sick. Oh. And not like I'm like actually makes him ill. I guess yeah. I should say not like yeah. you make me sick. But it makes him ill uh and I, I I he couldn't explain why. Oh, like he just needed uh, that little bit of probiotic maybe. Maybe that's what it was. And he's like I can't drink a lot no matter what, but if I would have if I have two pasteurized beer, I become quite ill. Or if I have two unpasteurized, he clearly doesn't know what craft beer is either, by the way, because it's unpasteurized. He he was really old school. He's like, because I could drink like imports, you know, and I'm like, okay, here we are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here we are. That's awesome. I mean, it makes me wonder, like, does he eat cheese? Does he drink milk? Like, yeah, I don't, what's going on in his life? I don't yeah. know. I, I didn't. He was already weird, so I didn't ask more questions. <laughs> that's fair. I didn't want to get, you know me. I'm like, I, that's, I don't need to know about your life. Yeah, that's so. just too much information already. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I do like your answer. Of course, it's all domestic. It's all domestic. It's right there. Now, did you switch to the traditional lager method like because you had the capacity to do so? Or did you end up just really liking that? For the beer. So I think just liking it with the beer, right? Okay. Trials. Um, but also we're a brew pub, right? So we're not production. We're not trying to crank it out. We can take a little time. I'm not learning that now since we're busier. Okay. And 
people really gravitate towards our Mexican lager, which I can go through a tank in about a month, which okay. is kind of a problem, right? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it just, yeah, really like the character on that, low and slow, like good Texas barbecue, low and slow, right? Yeah. When yeah. they're smoking meat, kind of works. Um, but I'm learning, even these yeast vendors are telling you to kind of warm it up at first and then kind of bring it down to that temperature you want. Um, okay. Just better results, quicker kickoff, because we do have some lag time, right? So a couple of days of lag, you know, not getting that yeast going. Mm. That's going to slow down a production brewer, right? That's going to slow down somebody that needs to put a logger out quick. Okay. And i.e. us, right? Like if we need to get it out a little quicker, save a week, um, you know, maybe you do need to warm it up. But okay. I don't know if I'm going to jump in that boat yet, but I think I'm slowly warming them up, you know, instead of like 48 going to 50, maybe 52. Okay. And trying to crank it up quicker towards the end. I see. Well, don't mess with it yet. It tastes great. Not bad, huh? No, it's very good. <laughs> Just uh, add a couple more tanks, right? There you it. go. That's it. More fermenters. Well, and that gets me to, I do want to learn about Bankhead. Let's just talk a little bit about how you got to where you are. Sure. So you left the Bay Area back in what? 2015. Okay. So seven years ago now, yeah. you made the, the your, your wife got a job in Texas. I said, hell no, I'm not going to Texas. <laughs> but now you it love it. It was pretty it. cool. You yeah. love Texas. Like it you? had a good beer scene, had to go fly down and make sure. Yeah. And yeah. it was really cool. And uh, yeah, we've been really happy. Uh, I love Texas well. too, by the way. Yeah. I spent a bunch of time there on a recent trip, mostly in the southern like Austin area. It was great. I was there this weekend. Yeah. Dude, I really like Texas. Yeah, I'm it's not, cool. Not afraid to admit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so did you start work at Bankhead immediately when you got there? Immediately. So oh. basically, well, within a year. So I was a stay-at-home dad for about 10 months, okay. right, moving there. So yeah. my wife got her feet under her, her, her new position. I was at home with uh, Adeline, our, our firstborn, the seven-year-old now. Yeah. And uh, basically linked up with a Brewing Network listener oh. in Texas. And uh, we actually met him uh, when you were uh, the keynote. Out at the uh, Blue oh, Bonnet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, stayed in touch. So when we talked, I said, oh, we're really serious about moving out here. And I reached out to him, and he goes, well, we're doing a brewery, and uh, what do you think about maybe coming to work for me? And I said, well, that'd be awesome. Nice. And at the time, my wife and I were looking to build a home. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it was right down the street from where he was building a brewery. Wow. So it just worked out. Okay. Like, it was like, no way. This is too good to be <laughs> true. Too so, good to be five true. Minutes, so like, good to how be did true. that happen? And the DFW area is a big area, right? So, yeah. You're near Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah, that's Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah. We're in a town called Rowlett. That is We're, a big old area. It is. That's the town your house is in, too? Yes. Okay. Yep. So Hop's skipping a jump from the brewery. It just worked out really well and um, kind of brewed under him, with him, I guess. Uh, you know, I had some commercial experience, and he was more a home brewer, but really okay. excited, really smart about, you know, doing recipes and the brew house is awesome. JB Northwest, 15 barrel. Everything works really well. It was new? Brand new. Yeah. Um, got is to it go still up. your brew house now? Yeah. Okay. It's awesome. Well, seven I mean, years isn't that long for a brew house, no, right? So, yeah. No, I mean, it's going to outlive us, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's great. It's a great little brew house. Uh, got lucky meeting him, and um, he kind of sold his shares. He's been out, and so I've been doing it probably the last two and a half, almost three years. Just me. As the head, as the brewmaster. Yep. Yep. And you guys have two locations. Yes, we just opened our second location in Fort Worth, downtown okay. Fort Worth in the Cultural District. Um, it was a previous brewery that had a, it was a brew pub, so it has a kitchen. So both locations have a kitchen. Uh, we do food, wood-fired pizzas. Uh, everything comes out of those. Nice. Um, but now we moved into this five-barrel facility that was a previous big beer company in the Dallas area. Okay. And been brewing on that. So it's kind of like our new pilot. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, if I like something, I can kind of do it up on the 15-barrel. Um, but it's interesting in Texas, the liquor laws are such where I can't transfer beer from place to place because we have really? full liquor. 
Oh. If we did not have the cocktails or the full liquor, yeah. mm-hmm. all day, right? No problem. But right. we can't transfer from the 15-barrel to the 5, so I'm doing a lot of practice on the 5. Wow. Which is a lot of brewing, right, if you're busy. Yeah. Um, so can, yeah, but can you liquor. not even sell it to yourself? <sighs> through a distributor. Oh, through a distributor. So sell it to a distributor, so they sell it back to you. It's, to do it's, it. It's weird. I, I hope right. it changes. So um, so each each location has unique beers. It, correct. Yeah. Correct. Or at least brewed at that location. Right. We, yeah. This first year, we've kind of like, okay, let's try to have the same beers yeah. to, because that's what people like. Let's have the f- same food menu. Now we're starting to like, okay, let's just get a little more fancy or right. you know, let's try something new. And like, hey, it's, he's like, brew whatever I want, right? Like go crazy at the smaller facility. Yeah. I mean, I have carte blanche everywhere, but I mean- there's so many beers that people like to have on tap. It's hard to kind of make new beers and rotate them in without everybody getting upset, you know. And how many I realized, beers do you typically have on? I mean, anywhere from like 16 to 19. Oh my god, that's too like, many beers, Chad. Almost 16, <laughs> but like half the lineup's loggers, right? Like, okay. And oh, as soon yeah. as I, and then the problem was we made T-shirts. Okay. So logos. Oh. Now these beers have a life. Yeah. And right. so you don't have the beer that they're wearing the shirt for, they get angry. Oh my gosh. You know, good problem actually it is a good problem <laughs> because out here we have too much too many customers that always want something new. Like they never want the same thing. They always want something new. And we kind of buck that trend a little bit because we do a lot of things that tend to live on. So Sure. I I'm fine with that. But like your customers should talk to California customers. <laughs> Be like, it's okay to have the same beer twice. Right. Yeah. You know, like right. it's okay to really like have a beer that's your beer. Right. You know, and I, I think, you know, our number one seller is a Mexican lager style. And um, that's just kind of what I brew a lot of. I love that style. So though. cool. Yeah. It's great. If you're going to have one, I'm, I'm all right with that one. Yeah. We can try that next, actually. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, I'd love to try it. But yeah, it's a great brew house. Uh, it was a great start. And uh, yeah, just full speed ahead. Now yeah. we got a second location. We're talking about doing more, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems like the brew pub concept really works, right? So food, beer, keep people there. Um, we love it. I love talking to you know customers firsthand, right? Going out and having a beer and just going down the line of the bar and talking to everybody. Yeah. And it's great. Everyone's enjoying food. Everyone's enjoying beer. We have a nice big patio. Um, it's great. Well, grab us that Mexican lager yeah. so we can pour that. But that was always you, Chad. You're that's that's why you worked great at social. the Brewing Network. You were the social one. When I, when this <laughs> microphone's off, I'll leave me the fuck alone. But Chad would be out there talking and social, just like Tasty. You know, that's why you guys got along well too. He, he'd um, always say, "Just put yourself out there, right? If yeah. you don't, there's no opportunities, right? Like yeah. you got to put yourself out there for sure." Yeah. And then I did just want to say, like, yeah, with the with the full liquor license and not being able to move beer around. I got to say, though, I'll take that full liquor license any day. That's where your money's at. Right. Yeah, I mean, the huge. margins on beer is good. We all know that. But it is way better on It'll liquor. It'll balance the books on liquor, for yeah. sure. Yeah. If, if you're having trouble, if you're just in a downtrend. have cocktail night, and it's yeah. going to go well. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's good. It's fun, right? Like, you kind of everything to everyone, um, which is good and bad. Um, but we don't turn away groups, right? And I think I remember Sully talking about this back in the day. Where they didn't have liquor, right, at their brew pub. Right. And they said, at first. A group of eight people would come in, and six of them want a cocktail, two want a beer. They're not staying. Yeah. So I don't know. That always rings in my head whenever I talk about it. No, that it's true. Conversation, but um, we talked about it here at opening the hop grenade. But we, you know, Kevin and I were both so adverse to the the amount of work that it would require, and a knowledge that we didn't have. This was a labor of love for us, which is selling great beer. Um, but look. I'll tell you what, I'd have a lot more money in my pocket had I done full liquor. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Like, that's just that's just honesty. Yeah. And, do you think that changes clientele, though? Like, when you do have that, it, it, it becomes, like, more of a party scene. And, I mean, trust me, 
Crooked Lane could use a few more customers too. So, right. you know, sometimes we have thought about that. And, yeah. you know, if we add a kitchen, we could add this. And So yeah. I think the kitchen helps kind of keep that in check a little bit and not staying open past 11. Nothing good happens after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Let's just yeah. be honest. Yeah. yeah. I would um, beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're the guest we're looking to avoid, Bebo. Yes. No, I'm yes. not. My friends <laughs> and my husband are the guests. I will silently get obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's the model, right? Like uh, try to get your, you know, whatever you can during that time period, that six to 11 o'clock hour and then nothing good. You don't want to turn into a bar, especially yeah. if you're a brewery. Um, so that's too, right? Like, you know, you get a lot, you talk to a lot of brewers and like, well, I'm not doing cocktails. Like we're a brewery, but it says brewery. Why are we doing wine and this? It's like, yeah. well, listen, like, you know, it's not about you all the time. And <laughs> I, uh, I also think that that kind of, and I've seen myself doing this, that, that sort of strict outlook on the business you're creating has started to evolve. And and the pandemic has certainly uh, perpetuated that and advanced that. But even, you know, when times aren't all great, you, you start to be less strict about everything, right? Sure. So I, I had a lot of rules like that too. Some of them I've stuck to. Like, um, like I still don't believe in happy hour, for example. Sure. And an and old uh, publican taught me that. Like, hey, our craft beer is so good, that we don't discount it, man. That It's like a, a slight on the beer. And that's like a rule I, I've stuck to. Like, why am I going to sell it to you for half price on this hour and full price the next hour? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Would I potentially have a nice, busy, happy hour if I did it? Probably so. But it's a principle that I just, I care about the product enough, Right. But then there's other rules that I was strict on, like maybe if I was strict on the, on the hey, we're a beer place, not a liquor place. Well, when times go to shit and you realize, and, or, or even just as you realize generations and customers diversify, you got to be willing to diversify too. Absolutely. You can't ride that boat to your death, you know? And that's, so I do feel like even I've had some changes of mind about this. No, we're just craft beer, you know? Right. I mean, look at, you know, I'm sure Vinny probably never wanted to do a hazy IPA. Lagunitas probably never wanted to put anything in a can. Right. I think that or be I've heard that. Again. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know, you, you go through this stuff and like, yeah, sure. change happens. Yeah. And Life he, happens. Yeah. It was easier for all of us in the beginning to be so hardcore because we were fighting the good fight, right? And I'm not saying that we you have to give up the fight of independent brewing, right? Or independent brewers. But... It definitely becomes less advantageous as time goes on to just be like, no, we are this one thing. Now, there's plenty of brewers who are so good and so popular that they still get to be one thing, right? True. <laughs> Lucky you. Like, good for you. Hang right? out on it. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's always a choice. I mean, maybe, maybe you would rise to meteoric fame more quickly if you chose to do a different set of beers. Yeah. But I don't know. I think everybody kind of asks themselves, like, what? what gives them joy about what they're doing. And there's just some beers that I wouldn't have joy making. So I don't feel too bad that we haven't had that amount of success if we did all those beers. Sure. I mean, okay, I don't but, know that we would have, but. Okay. At the end of that, I get mm-hmm. and, and understand, and I'm with you. Mm-hmm. But you also enjoy money in your bank account. So you won't say no to everything is my point, right? Like it doesn't I, mean you won't like, all right, yeah. well, maybe I better put out a hard seltzer. Well. Because you still enjoy being so, able to afford. And we do the hell out of 
seltzers. There we go. And you do a lot of seltzers. And you do, I was going to ask if you, you do one too, guilty. Chad. Yeah, okay. But you know what? We make a seltzer that I think is better than a lot of other people's seltzers. Okay. Like, I don't feel bad about it because, like, I will take that seltzer and put it in a glass of ice and just enjoy the hell out of that thing. Like, it's, to me, it's good. So I'm... I'm okay with it. I've I've turned that to the dark side there. Yeah. That's that's my sacrifice that I'm making so I don't have wine, I don't have yeah. cocktails. But that's my point. So so there are some compromises. Yes. Yeah. Because Absolutely. we all have to agree that we also like money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's a billion dollar market for some reason. Yeah. Why and, not right, exactly. get into the seltzer and bit? like mean, why and even when people come, it would just break my heart when people come in and they're just like, Oh, I don't drink beer at all and I don't ever want to drink a beer and you're like Oh, sorry. That's what we do here. Right. It's but now it's like, now you yeah. have a seltzer. No carbs. Right. They're no all about carbs. that. Yeah. So we always have a cider on tap here. Sure. That that's our answer to that. And we do seltzers in cans. Yes, I was Beaver. just going to say, as somebody who works in this industry, but I don't necessarily drink a lot of beer, mm-hmm. and the beer that I would drink, like this light lager, you don't see very often, or at least you don't see it done really well very often. Yep. I would much rather enjoy a seltzer from you than buying a box of truly yeah oh 100 percent. right yeah yeah so no. as a, i appreciate that uh yeah uh, agreed and i don't by the way i don't think it's the dark side it's actually kind of exactly to my point yeah. that the this sort of hard line can't really be kept anymore we don't have that luxury and we just uh, and also it, it, like i said if you pay attention to just customers evolving it's a dick move you're not only <laughs> you're not only shooting yourself in the foot but don't be a dick about it like if people like something that's okay yeah you know? yeah we don't need to shame our customers into yeah. uh, only enjoying a certain type of beer or you know whatever we're making oh you just have to you have to get on board <laughs> right yeah but like i said we had that luxury in the beginning you know we could be like because there was nothing but new customers to gain you know, yeah. when, when, when when craft beer had a 1% market share, you had nothing but win. You just keep driving home IPA. You don't like this? Fuck off. You know, like it worked, <laughs> Absolutely. right? You're on our team or you're out of here. Well, that shit changes. <laughs> so that's been a fun progression, too, is that person walking in and saying, hey, I want that Kurz Light. They're drinking double IPA. They're drinking Belgian triple. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome to watch. I love that over jump the years, too. Yeah. You know, you're like, who is this person? Okay, but specifically that particular jump, I've watched happen over the year. Like, what happened to the middle? Like, yeah. people, a lot of light beer drinkers did. If it's okay, so like light flavor, all about it. Middle flavor, I don't know. It's too bitter. It's too this. It's too that. But then you go to like a Belgian with a ton of other different esters, and, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, that's great." Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, what happened to the middle? Yeah. They they just realized that nine ten percent ABV. They're just like, "Oh, now I understand." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's always the question, right? What's your lightest? What's your strongest or darkest? Right. right. And they associate dark with strong and sure. light with light alcohol. I guess I don't know. It's just funny. Well, now. And I don't want to go into this conversation, but we don't get that one as much anymore. Okay. Well, first that was of all, a big one, right? we don't it, it, it all, all the time. <laughs> then it was how many IBUs. Uh, we don't ever get oh, that question anymore. We true. never get the IBU. Now we get what's your haziest. Ah, that's our your haziest. Yeah, interesting. This is the West Coast, man. Okay, <laughs> bunch of <laughs> bunch of trendy fucks. We're all in. So, yeah. <laughs> but then on the on the opposite side of that, they're like. I, I need to know which is the clear beer. And here it's not hard to figure out because you will label things. We try. West if Coast if the brewer labels not. it, we will. Oh. It's still my it's pet peeve always. when a brewer doesn't label it. But yeah, yeah. You need to. I 
I mean, me as a beer person, like I need to understand what I'm getting and I will be distressed if that's you hand fair. me a hazy IPA and I didn't know it was going to be hazy. That's fair. I'm, I'll yeah. drink it. Yeah. And that's not part of, just to be clear, especially if everybody's sick of hearing this, this is not part of the hazy versus clear debate. Yeah. This is a debate about what am I buying? Exactly. Sure. <laughs> right. you, just, you have to have a clue what's going to end up in your hands. Buyer yeah. beware. Half, I, I swear, like half of, of taste is the expectation being met. Like yeah. just quality is like you had an expectation, it was met, and you're like, this is the best thing ever. Like mm -hmm. if you gave us this beer and said, I'm not going to tell you what it is, and we're tasting it, and it's American Light Lager, and we're like, Ugh. yeah, okay, yeah, this tastes like nothing. But we were expecting American Light Lager, and we're like, oh, it's so right. Then it's perfect, yeah. Right. yeah. So you don't want to have to judge it, like a exactly. blind judging. We like, don't have just to give me a little... Yeah, Info. give me give me to the neighborhood, and then I'll decide which house I like. Yeah. You know, don't give me chicken sandwich when I order a BLT. <laughs> I I know the taste of exactly. bacon. Exactly. <laughs> you just summed it up. Don't give me chicken nuggets when I'm a vegan. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we have to take a break, tell me about this Mexican okay, lager. Okay. So Mexican lager, we call it Adios Bichachos. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's a fun logo. Uh, it's a. It's fun. He's got the big uh, the hat on and uh, the mask, of course. Um, but again, this is a 100% Pilsner malt, a uh, couple bags of flake corn in this one. Okay. Uh, comes out about 5'2". Um, this is probably more of our Modelo style, if I was to compare it to something, a Special. Um, that's what I hear a lot from our, our customers. Um, but easy drinking, uh, same kind of regimen as far as, uh, you know, uh, fermentation schedule. Um, a lot of people put lime in it. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm kind of fruit-free, but... Whatever you want to do, you, you got to offer it. I, I'm not hating. Yeah. Um, but I think this one does really well with the food too in the restaurant, um, especially kind of that Tex-Mex uh, where we are, and uh, people really enjoy it. I think. What's um, different about this on on an ingredient and maybe fermentation side um, than the light lager? I do this a little warmer, and the alcohol is about five two, and it's definitely got more corn. What's the alcohol on the light lager? Three and a half. Three and, oh, right. So and it's this, about five, two. Yep. And more corn. More corn. Because I taste, I do a little more sweetness. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. It's sweetness. Um, five, two, about 18 IBUs. Um, but I think both these beers are technically on the uh, on the sweeter side. I mean, there's hops there to back it up, but I think just to be enjoyable um, for the general public. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, go with some food, especially some spicy food. Definitely. Um, spicy I pizza. love a good Mexican lager. Like uh, uh, 2-1-A El Sully, right? Right. Mm -hmm. One of my They've done well with that one, favorite yeah. beers that they make. I will always buy that beer. Um, and you, and every we don't always have a Mexican lager on tap, but we always, I think, have two lager lines, and one of them we rotate Mexican lager. And I, I probably drink it more when it's a Mexican lager than, than, say, an American light lager or even sometimes in a Pilsner. There's something about the sweetness that I, re I just really like. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I mean, is it clonely sweet, too sweet, or no. it's just like it's there, right? Like the corn's yeah. there, and yeah, yeah. yeah. It, in fact, yeah, if it were cloying, it wouldn't make you want another one, and, and it's not good with spicy food. Right. It's like it's just enough sweetness to cover your palate while you drink it, then it disappears dry, and you just want to drink more. And it's funny, this has been our number one. Like we used to brew really? this, you know, for Cinco de Mayo, right? Like kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And then the logo came out. So you know, and anything, eighty percent of it's the marketing. Sure, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's a big number. But uh, yeah, I, I think the logo really matches the beer and people get excited about it. They, yeah, they yeah. laugh at the name. Um, so that's been is fun. Is the logo on the can right there? Yeah. It is. 
Here, let me put it. Just get the big sombrero. Yeah, the mask, skeleton. It's got our, you know, our kind of old uh, Model T wheel in the eye. The funny (laughs) thing is, uh, we we want to take the mask off, right? So what's under that mask? Oh yeah. So it could be well, a whole he's a skeleton. Another... He's like it might be. I don't know. The the gold teeth, the I mean, skull, what, what's the, in there? the oh. eyebrow bones <laughs> are furry, so it might not be a skeleton. I don't know. Is it a lime in his eye? It could be. Maybe he's got like <laughs> one wheel. gold tooth a and wheel. one shot it's out. A wheel. Okay. Yeah. I imagine a full Fu Manchu. Oh, see, Ooh. I I was thinking that too. Yeah. Nice. All right, well, you we'll can, ask you, can play along. If you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> uh, you'll find this video on um, Facebook and YouTube. We call it our quarantine edition. Yeah. So I basically like the logo came out when the mask came out. So okay. That's a fun one. That's our, a fun one. But our mask, so uh, California dropped our mask mandate today, which I could be happy We dropped ours, I think, two years about. ago. Two years. Okay. No, no, <laughs> no that makes sense. We dropped ours in 2019. <laughs> it was in place for 15 minutes. Yeah, and then we were done. No, yeah. it's it's suggested, but yeah, there's no uh, mandate. I I think it's by county is what you find um, in a lot of places, which you probably find here. Um, I know there's a, a state one as well. But yeah, it's definitely more by county. The yeah. governor is like kind of like let the counties do, local governments do what they want to do. Right. And you know some some counties are harder hit with cases versus others and. Yeah, um, we just happen to live in a big metropolitan area, so we did kind of have a mandate, and the governor kind of pushed back. So I don't know, I don't know who you ask, but it's very political, right? So it's oh, just, everything, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, I'm just happy it's gone. I walked out of my house today, <laughs> walked into the bar without a mask on. I just, I felt so free. Yeah, <laughs> we we had, nobody wears masks where we've been for a long time. Yeah, unless you know you want to, and that's why. Yep. choice. Totally. Yeah, some of my staff, I think, still going to wear them. And that's, that's I've already had the goddamn thing, and, like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, yeah, doing the right thing, and it's for you. Yeah. That's fine. Here we are locked away in this COVID studio. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. fine. Studio C now. We should just change his name. <laughs> studio C19. <laughs> we should change the... All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to try more of Chad's beer from Bankhead Brewing. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. 
Hey, this is Julian Trego from Beachwood Brewing, and you are listening to The Session on the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back to The Session, where Bevo and I are arguing about can- uh, camera angles uh, as we go on air. <laughs> We're still here with Chad Mosier from uh, Bankhead Brewing Company in Fort Worth and Rowlett, Texas. Rowlett, close enough. Rowlett. No, you guys are fancy out there. You got to say it with the Texan accent. Rowlett. Yeah, I guess so. I have I own two cowboy hats now, Chad. Ooh, when Stetsons? I when I uh, no, dude. I one of them is custom made for Ooh. me. I was gonna buy the Stetson, and then I saw them like making a hat, and I was like, what do I got to do for that? And he's like, well, first. You drink this Lone Star beer while you wait, <laughs> and not no joke. And he's like, and then you tell us like what kind of like dip you want in the top, like what kind of dip you want in the front. Like I learned that they have names. Like there's a donkey kick, and there's, a, there's like all these things. So one of them's custom, and the other That's I bought cool. at like some dumb store. I don't know, whatever. Like so a, we have the Stetson factory ten minutes from our house in the brewery. Oh, is that right? Oh, so I go nice. to the outlet store. How many Stetsons do you own? Mm, four. So, so wow, you, you you just embrace Texan. You must be they're aware not all cowboy. So we have oh. like the oh. open road, like BB King style with the feather in it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. they, they make all kinds. They make like the lack of a better description, the English kind of in the country driving hat. Okay, what do yeah. You call those? I don't like a bowling hat. I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, they make them all fedoras. Yeah. So I mean, it just oh, says wow. Stetson on it, but it doesn't have to be a cowboy hat. Okay, yeah. then I'm gonna now that you're a Texan, I'm gonna ask you a, what is a dumb question. So you know that at a certain time of year, you stop wearing a straw hat and you wear a felt hat. Summertime is straw. Right. Because hot as balls down there. Yeah. And um, then you switch to felt. And if you don't, if you wear a felt like in October, you they know you're a dumbass tourist, basically. Pretty much. You're and, not from Texas. Right. And then if you look on the inside of the hat where they put the X's, uh-huh. that's the quality. So if you have like 10 oh. X's. Yeah. That's like how much beaver fur they used okay. or how much yeah. fur went into it, right? Like, right. So it's funny learning all this stuff, but I love going to that store and just looking through all the stuff. And so, yeah, I, I went awesome. into this tiny store like it was a mom and pop shop and they were removing all the straw hats and putting up felt hats because it was that time of year. And he was trying to sell me a felt hat, but I didn't want a felt hat, you know? And he's like, no, hey, it's fine. I was like, look, I'm going back to California. Like, it's hot all the time. <laughs> And he, they, they were super cool. Like, I had looked at 10 different hat shops, but these these people, like, sold me. They were good, like, salespeople. It was probably the Lone Star. Um, and anyway, he's like, yeah, that, it's fine, but, you know, probably just don't wear this hat, especially if you go to northern Texas. He's like, there, they care. It's it's a thing. Yeah. You know, like, the black hat is only for, like, dress up. Oh, because right? so, that's what I was wow. going to, if I did buy a felt. days, like, okay. your best, right? I see, yeah. uh, There's rodeo hat, like, a certain crease is a rodeo, right? Like, yeah. and they have the cowboy with the flipped up. Like, yeah, there's a there's a whole thing. Dude, I should have brought my hats today so you could <laughs> critique me. So yeah, you're living boots, my best life. Are the boots the same way? Because I'm all about cowboy boots, but I'm not knowledgeable. So you have, like, roper boots. Then you have, yeah. you know, you have the raised boot, like, the raised heel, low heel, Round toe, square toe. I have a raised heel. What's that called? Is that just a raised heel? I have the, yeah, they're like big sure. old. Then, like, so are they rubber or are they leather on the bottom? Because mm. they're leather. 
Okay, so those are dancing. So you can go dancing and cut <gasps> yeah. it up on the... Okay, Hell that's yeah. what I have too. I also learned a two-step while I was there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're rubber, they're more like work boots. Like, you can't uh, go yeah. dancing with those. That's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> no, you it's can't pretty funny. Like, you rubber. get corrected on all this stuff. It's <laughs> I love it. And they're was... like, shoot dang. You can't wear those. <laughs> shoot dang. <Yeah. laughs> what are my... you doing? <laughs> that's one of my favorite terms. You left the house like that? I need yeah. to move to Texas. Yeah, that's you awesome. do. Viva, you'd love it. Oh, my God. That's funny. One of my favorite ones, though, is like, what y'all drinking on? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What am I drinking on? I'm yeah. drinking on this. I'm like, yeah. I love it. I like that a lot. I might adopt that. Oh, it's fun. There's... I've already adopted y'all. Y'all should be universally yeah. adopted. I've oh, said yeah. this on the like air before. It's just so. It just makes sense. It does. Know? Yeah, I like that one. All right, uh, let's talk more beer. Uh, we've got it. two more in our glass. One of them that's on tap. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, uh, you brought us a beer called Cherry Hood. Cherry Hood. So we do a beer called um, Low Hood, which is our uh, triple or tripel. Uh, our, Belgian tripel style. Okay. Yeah. You don't yeah. say tripel in Texas. No. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see you correcting your customers on that. They're like, no. what are you talking about? It's triple. It's like the um, uh, homebrew chef, you know, like Belgium's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Giving them a hard time. No, no. But uh, basically, um, it's. So we do three three beers. So I start with our five thirty Abbey L yeast from uh, White Labs, and we do a Belgian blonde, uh, about six and a half, almost seven percent. We pitch that into a Belgian tripel, triple, yeah, um, which turns out about eight and a half percent. And then we kind of end up with this Belgian dark strong, uh, kind of in the vein of Saint Bernard's Twelve that gets the pitch from the triple. Um, so we kind of take it through three generations that way. Um, this ends up at like nine, three, nine and a half percent. Okay. Um, this was a collaboration this time around, uh, with a local brewery that just started up called Siren Rock in Rockwall. And we added a buttload of, um, Oregon dark sweet cherries. Oh, nice. Mm. So definitely in the vein of like that same recipe that we've done in the past with the dark strong. Um, but that cherry just kind of really changes things. It does. Um, I like that this do you crash it down and put it in the very end? We did. We yeah. did. Yeah. Um, I like that. You know, I think the cherries had some sweetness to it, but we don't package, right? So I'm not worried about like yeah. bottle bombs, can bombs. Um, everything's served by keg. Um, cool thing of this beer. Cherries just into a steel tank? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Into the fermenter, right? Yeah. So, but we did rack off some of this beer into a used bourbon barrel. And that's the next beer we'll talk about afterwards. Um, the beer came out of that bourbon barrel. We added this beer in there and added some tart cherries. Okay. And now it's just sitting there for, it's been sitting there for several months. Nice. So that'd be kind of two for one, right? Out of this, the same beer. Heck yeah. Um, but St. Bernardus kind of ab 12 is kind of a beer I just fell in love with. Um, especially here, right? Cause you can find it readily available. Yeah. Um, down the street. And, uh, so it's got kind of the kitchen sink recipe to it. Um, but a lot of Pilsner, Munich, Kara Munich, uh, a little bit of craft, a special too. Uh, this uh, malt called Red X. Red X. Uh, Red X from, um, I want to say, uh, can't think right now. Best Malls. What's unique about Red X? It gives us red color to I the beer. Okay. It's kind of kind of Munich-y from what I've been told with kind of that red hue, like bright red hue. Yeah. Um, so that's something I haven't used before. But I just had all these half bags of stuff, you know, and I was like, I'm just going to make this beer instead of like the regular Dark Strong. And then we added cherries. So that's what you have. It is a nice dark red hue. Yeah, sometimes you'll make a beer like that, and it's, like, really amazing. And then you've got this crazy recipe that you just 
like we won't make no. it again. Yeah, you have to you have to embrace it. Mm. You know what I like most about it is uh, that it's pretty low on the ester profile. So because mm. I'm not I just a, I'm just not a big Belgian fan when it gets too bubblegummy and all of that. Absolutely. You know, and some beers are great. Like you mentioned App 12, right? And that's a higher ester profile than this for sure. me. Sure. And that one, I'm like, two sips I can enjoy, and by the third, it's a little too much. But this one's a little less than that, I feel like. Absolutely. And I think you hit right on it. With this yeast, we try to keep it low and slow. Okay. Again, um, pretty much crashed down to like 62 degrees with that Abbey Ale yeast. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it was, you know, Vinny or Arnie at Marin Brewing Company, but I just remember this Abbey Ale yeast being brought up. And it gives off this dried fruit character mm. without all the phenolics, right? Yeah. yeah. And if you keep it low, you know, that'll kind of keep all those phenolics down. You warm it up, right? You get more of that spicy, clovey, okay. um, bubblegum, strawberry, banana thing, right? Um, which you don't, it's not bad. You just don't want a lot of. And it you just, yeah, it depends on who, yeah. But dried fruit, that's where I'm at. That's Absolutely. what I love. And that's what I love in our Belgian Blonde. That's what I like in our Triple. I don't want it to be that kind of fusely phenolic yeah. beer. And they can be spicy and phenolic and clovey and all that, but I just prefer more of that bright, dry fruit. Like in the Belgian, it's it's more... Uh, pear, right, and honey. Yeah. Um, and this dark strong with the the different um, darker malts, it just plays well, and you get that dried fruit. Yeah. Then you throw the cherries in there, and then you really get that dried fruit. Sure. Well, but it <laughs> yeah. also it also brightens up the <laughs> dried fruit. Yeah. Right? Like I used to talk like back in the early days, I when I just first started drinking cellared beers and stuff, I would always talk about like that kind of basement character that I really like that, yeah, like, a little musty and all of that. But over the years, I realized what I really like was dried fruit. And the older it is, that dried fruit changes, sometimes to this really great musty basement flavor, sometimes not so great. But if the dried fruit was never there, it'll age like shit. So like this will be different. Uh, do you bottle some for like your own library? No. I you mean, just sell it. Yeah. we should, but uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, we just sell everything over the bar. Let's get that Blickman beer gun going, man. Uh, I, just just for a few. I have an extra one. I can send know. it to you. There we go. I've got like, you know. Wheeling and dealing. Two at a time, you know, for like our holiday beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a yeah. It's yeah. pain in the ass. It's, it's fun. Oh, pain. Yeah. It's Painful. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's What's the day. ABV on this Trippel? Oh, this is Dark Strong, uh, nine and a half. Oh, this is the Dark nine Strong. Nine and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish it had a little more carbonation, just picking on it right now out of the crowler can. But well, sorry. it's, to, it's on probably, tap, it's probably like, lost it in the crowler process. Yeah, yeah, it's lively. I like them pumped up, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but I was gonna go back to say, you know, that low temperature. It's very much like treating Hefeweizen, right? Mm. Hey, Hefeweizen. Yeah. Um, I had someone come in the other day and order the heifer visor, (laughs) and I was like, that's still happening? I didn't make fun of the person, but (laughs) she ordered it twice like that, and I was like, here's your heifer visor. Right. (laughs) Anyway. There's some great, like, you know, homebrewers that caught on to, like, fermenting low with that hefeweizen strain, right? So you don't get that crazy, um, you know, bubblegum banana right over the top. It's more of that clove, spicy. There's a lot of other things that play, right? Your mass schedule and things like that for real aggressed. But... Low and slow, 62 degrees with a half, you know, strain, you kind of don't develop all that big phenolic that, or that big um, ester, yeah. fruit esters. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And going back, yeah, you don't get like, you know, crazy esters uh, out of this guy. You know, it's definitely not spicy either, you know, with sure. that yeast strain, um, like a half. But low and slow, again, um, you can kind of keep some of those things that, that you know, back. And and this rearing their ugly heads if you don't like that. And how, how are your customers deal with this beer? Love it. Yeah. Love it. Is it um, it's only on tap. You guys only basically have only draft beer. Yeah. What size glass do you serve it in? Uh, and a snifter. 
Okay. Uh, 10 ounce glass. A 10 ounce snifter. Okay. Yeah. And do you allow people to take crowlers home? Uh, not of this beer. Okay. Yeah. Do you got? Do you have kind of a high so alcohol like limit for? Percent, you know, yeah. like our double IPA. Um, that's, that's a lot of beer. Yeah. In a thirty-two ounce crowler. So. I mean, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I've probably drank a nine and a half percent beer in a crowler in my day at home by myself, but nothing ever goes well. Right. Right. <laughs> so don't. Yeah, it's better not to say. Plus, it's a cost thing, right? Like you, you really want to stretch out that beer. You have less of it. Right. Right. Okay. So well, I, I could I, see I could see like some of your wine drinking customers just be like, oh, like it's got so many of those flavors right. that are crossing over. It's yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Then they have two and they're like, God, why do I feel so good? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, because we're cutting you amazing. off at two. That's why. That's what the next beer will do to you. So yeah. let's talk about that. And I want to <laughs> tell, tell me the beer name and style. And then I want to jump in with my experience with it first, because I have some questions to ask you about that. Next one. Uh, yeah, so it this beer we call it liquid language. Um, you have too many, you'll be speaking a liquid language. <laughs> okay, um, I get you it. You can't yeah. really decipher. <laughs> yeah, the beer um, connoisseur version of tongues, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh man, so <laughs> it's a yeah. This is a thirteen percent monster, um, loosely, loosely based on Parabola, which is probably one of my all-time favorites from Firestone Walker. Yeah, I think the big difference there is they use a lot of different barrels, and Matt's just a badass brewer, and I don't know if I can make the same beer. But no, that being said, um, lots of chocolate, lots of oats. Um, it's kind of an imperial oatmeal stout, um, Russian imperial oatmeal stout. Okay. Um, 13%, like I said, big chocolate, big roast. Uh, and then we throw it in a barrel and let it sit for three to four months and used Woodford barrels. Um, you're right. Every, everything bourbon is first use, right? So they dump it. They can't use it again. Yeah. Um, get it from a vape, uh, great vendor in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't know. We've we've gone as low as a month in the barrel, and we've gone as you know long as like six months. I haven't gotten too crazy beyond that. One, I don't have the space. Okay. And two, it really picks up a lot of that character. And I've used a lot of different barrels. I just seem to go back to the Woodford. It's just Woodford's more of that sweeter hmm. um, kind of line of bourbon. How um, long has it been in the barrel? This one. This was four months. Okay. Um, but really just rich and creamy too, being on nitrogen. This is also served on nitrogen. Yeah. Um, I think I might like the carved up version better okay. like when I enter in competition because it just, it's brighter. It's, uh, it's right there. Well, I bet it tastes quite a bit different. It does. It like does. that, that nitro just brings the roast way down. It's it like does. you can tell it's there, but it's not, mm. it's mm-hmm. not as present. And I think you get a lot of barrel, barrel character, um, but it's not super hot, you know, like some of these can be super hot without letting them mellow for a while, but I think this beer will get better, right? If yeah. you let it mellow, I just, I, I don't have the room to let that happen. Sure. Um, I don't think it's hot at all from the barrel. I do think that uh, there's a lot of wood character. Sure. So it's it's tannic, uh, which I like in my beer and my wine, by the way. I'm like, if you, you can throw a whole bunch of tannins in wine and I'm totally good with it. Um, the, the aftertaste is a lot of oak. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, on this one, the foretaste is everything you mentioned. Just a lot of that chocolate. There's vanilla in there that I get. Coconut. Um, uh, yeah, there's some coconut, which you didn't put in the beer, right? Nope. That's just coming out of that barrel. Um, yeah, this is this is a great beer, but it's not even as big as it is. It's not hot. Um, yeah, it, it's a little. And and I wonder if nitro affects that too, um, with the smoothness of nitro instead of like carbonic acid. Uh, kind of keeping that down. Probably. But it's very smooth to drink. And uh, so I guess the thing I wanted to ask you, because I don't I actually don't know how CO2 versus nitro works from a brewer's perspective, because you offered us this beer and you said, do you want it CO2 or nitro? And we wanted it nitro. We needed a, our tap uh, 21 uh, to, to be. And 
I guess I just didn't realize that you can choose. Is it at the time that you keg it that you decide if it's nitro or CO2? So the beauty of it is I, I don't blend these barrels back, right? It, they're usually barrel for barrel. So when we pull them out of a barrel, they go into a keg. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can either nitrogenate that keg, right, after you get a cold. Okay. Or shake it and carb it, right? I see. Uh, it doesn't go in a tank and get carved. Um, so I can either do a blend of, you know, mostly nitrogen and CO2 just to get a little life in it. I can go 100% nitrogen if I want it super creamy, or we can just straight up carb it. So when I said nitro, this was still sitting in a barrel the other day, and you put it into a keg? It was in a keg. You had, Okay, you had some nitro and some already. Okay. And you came to that fork on the road, and you had a decision to make. Yeah. yeah. And you made that <laughs> so decision. It's, yeah. So it's like, well, any beer that ferments picks up a little bit of CO2. Right. So it's already got some carbonation. Okay. I mean, minimal. But then, yeah, you just, like, if you're going to make it a nitro beer, you can crank 30 PSI of nitrogen on it for some amount of time, and it will pick up nitrogen. nitrogen. But nitrogen is, like, one hundredth or one thousandth as uh, soluble in water as CO2. So even if you had some CO2 in there, like, all that nitrogen is, like, a very tiny amount of carbonation. So that's kind of, like what the nitro tap is for is to make all that nitrogen come out. Got yeah. it. So the actual, just you mean it. the faucet itself is what that's exactly. designed for. Yeah. yeah. It's a creamer plate, right? So it's a little plate inside that faucet and you're shoving it through there as quick as you can. And that's that cascading effect. Yeah. And the way we nitrogenate, so I'll take a keg, I'll put a keg coupler on it with a little blow off valve out of the gas side. And I go right through the serving side, right? Of a spear mm-hmm. and just blow nitrogen through the bottom of the keg and barely bleed it off mm-hmm. for a couple hours. Oh, okay. Try to well, get as a cool idea. Try to get as cold as I can. Yeah. Um, I think that was a Mitch Steele trick. I called him and asked him. Okay. And uh, just try high pressure. You can't do it with cylinders. So if you have nit- a nitrogen generator at your brewery, um, that's one way you can do it. It's a pain in the ass one at a time. I was going to say, so I made your life difficult for this <laughs> event. I, but that's how we do it anyway, right? Okay, so yeah. we, we serve this on nitrogen all the time. Um, but I think if I had a smaller tank that I had could really take a lot of pressure, I could do it a lot better. But a lot of my tanks... Um, at least my brights are 15 psi, right? They're serving tanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I well, guess I so could. We, so oh, we have a 30, 30 psi tank. But have you ever heard of the plop test? Uh-uh. So, so for for nitrogenating a bright tank, you can like just carbonate a little bit, carbonate to like 1.5, 1.8, and then jack the nitrogen in there, and you just kind of let it blow off, just like you said. Right. And then you just keep taking a sample out the port, and you just let it go, and then you throw it on the ground, and it, you wait for it to go bloop. <laughs> That's really? the plop test. Yeah, it's the plop test. Until it bloops. Until it bloops. Let's try that. I'll try that. I learned this yeah. from Glutely at Drake's. Okay, And yeah. I swear to you, it works really? brilliantly. Amazing. Yeah, you, you, it sounds dumb, but it's, it really works. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So what percent nitrogen... Is this beer? Because you said you can choose 70, 100. What did you choose so on this? Tip, so typically like Guinness gas, right, is like either a 75, 25 or a 70, 30, right? It's okay. Like, so more nitrogen than CO2. Yeah. Um, this, I think I did maybe a little blast of CO2 for a few minutes and then all nitro. So there's probably not much carbonation in there. Yeah. But the trick is really pushing it through that creamer plate in that faucet right. at like 35 PSI. So um, here's where I, I'd never mind throwing myself under the bus. Um so Chad actually helped me build my system here, but this really? is not me throwing you under the bus. No, I... he helped me build it, and then he left, and I put all the beers on tap. So for seven years, my nitro tap has been at twelve psi, just like all my other taps. And Chad gets here, and I go, "Yeah, we got your beer. This, this is today." 
And he, and I and I pour a little, and he's like, okay, um, yeah, like what what psi is it at? And I was like, I don't know, you know, we could look. And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's at twelve, you know, it needs to be at like thirty. And I was like, <laughs> and and I still like, you know, it's worked for us. So I'm like, well, you know, why don't we pour a little more and like see how it looks? He's like, okay, you know, Chad's always that. Chad's very diplomatic in yeah. his head. I know he's like this fucking guy. <laughs> Fucking he's, 17 years of the Brewing Network, and he doesn't know how to use his tap. He's just laying out the cookies for but you yeah. to come around. So he's like, okay, yeah, no, we, yeah, let's pour a little. You know, he poured, and he's like, yeah, all right, well, why don't I go adjust it a little bit? And he, and he goes back, and he cranks it up as high as it'll go, which is 20-something. I might have to look into that, because I, I can't get it up to 30. <laughs> come, and so what had happened was, so for the folks you at home, uh, uh, we poured it at my normal 12 PSI, um, and there basically was just no head. There's no creamy head. Now... I'll also admit, over the years, that that's happened. We, we always have a nitro tap, and some of the beers have a nice, creamy, cascading head, and some don't. And I always just thought it was the beer, so I never thought much about it. Well, Chad goes back there, cranks the thing up, pours another glass, and it's fucking perfect. And it's cascading, and it's got head on want? it. And I'm like, fuck, it's been a long time that that's been at 12 PSI. <laughs> You're welcome. No, you want yeah. that little show in the glass, right? It's sexy. Like, you see right. it kind of cascading that's... up, that Guinness effect, right? Yeah, um, I, awesome. I have to record that video every time it happens. Just like, oh. yeah. Right. So Chad just explained it to you. Yeah. You have to force the beer through that little filter thing. The creamer plate. The creamer plate, and, and, and you do that by a higher pressure, and now I know. Yeah. <laughs> The That's all you need thank to know. You. See, Chad, still teaching me. You know? <laughs> I may have gotten you your job, but you're still teaching me. It's true. <laughs> I I will give you that. You know, like it was b- walking into that house changed my life. I love it. I will say that. The student has become the teacher. Absolutely. That's right. Well, he, I think he became the teacher a long, long time ago. Actually, He just doesn't know it per <laughs> se, but yeah. I was actually just going to say the Brewing Network teaching Justin for 17 years. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's more accurate than even my listeners, right? Yeah. Teaching me for 17 uh, years. Uh, well, it is a delicious beer. I like it. Yeah. I think it's tasting great. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, man, you can't drink too much of it. No, no. Yeah. And I've got a long night, so I'm and just going to sip. It's kind of deadly because it doesn't taste right? like 13%. Trust I mean, me, substantial it beer, but it's not like, <laughs> right. it's very smooth. Yeah. All it's right. Well, Chad, that is our time. This, this time for, no questions from the listeners for, for your interview I like it. yeah we don't yeah you got <laughs> off the hook for that our studio is no longer quite set up for that interaction uh although we will fix that uh eventually can i say something about bevo being in a real closet versus just like pulling a curtain <laughs> yes. i do appreciate that right isn't that nice it's legit she appreciated it years ago too she was like oh thank god i'm not yeah, in the seriously. same room with you guys Great. She's got her own smells no <laughs> exactly not yeah. the smells in here yeah. I'm still cold, though. It still gets so cold in here. You just run cold. I do run cold. Uh, I've only just recently accepted this as a great studio, to be honest with you. Even after, and I've been in it for seven years. Uh, when Moscow was here, I went through this phase where I was really complaining about everything. And I was complaining about the studio, too. And he's like, oh, God, so fucking sorry that we were able to build you like a world-class professional studio. And I was like, yeah, I know, but... I just kind of miss my sweaty fucking garage where things were a little rustic and jam bandy. You know and what I dark. mean? Dark. Uh. And dark and like, yeah, sweaty. And I, but you know so what? Hot. It's finally grown on me where this, I'm happy to be. Maybe it was COVID. Maybe like it just feels cleaner, right? Like, yeah. You know. Like, like the time away from it, it was like, it made you appreciate things more. It did. Like, for example, before the show today, 
I turned the air conditioner on. For the first time in months, by the way. It's been winter here. I was like, you know, Feels we're going to need AC today. And yeah. uh, we didn't have that at the old studio. So, yeah, Bevo's got her own space. The For the most part, the equipment works, you know. <laughs> That's why I don't drive old BWs anymore, to oh my, my chagrin. How dare you. I know well, you, I know dare you, you bring still that get to experience that joy. <laughs> I did. I blew up the engine on my Forerunner. Oh, no. Oh. Not fun. That Not cheap. And then I'm like, okay, well, while this gets fixed, I'll just switch over to my bus. No problem. Starter goes out after two days. And it just reminds me, yeah, when the bus is my daily driver, it's a constant effort. It's, it's Much a like challenge. this equipment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I will say this. I'm proud of you. Thanks, You've buddy. you stuck with it. Yeah. Um, we've had some late night talks. Yeah. Where it could have gone the other way, and I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy you're here, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Happy to be it's back been a lot in of fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm still in it for a while, you know. Good. A couple good. weeks or something. You're good at it. <laughs> Keep it rolling. Thanks, man. All right. Chad Mosier, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, otherwise, uh, previously, the artist formerly known as Shat the Producer. Uh, and you can find him at Bankhead Brewing. Go to bankheadbrewing.com. They're both in Fort Worth and Rowlett, Texas. Oh. Um, go check yeah. out his beer. It's delicious. Uh, Tasty would be proud of you. Um, you've you've come a long way. You've come into your own. You're your own brewer now. You're, you you have to mentor other brewers, I think, at this point. Trying. You know. Just trying to keep up. Yeah. yeah. The youngsters, the whippersnappers. They're good, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was lucky enough to have Tasty come by and actually brew a couple beers, so Sweet. that was awesome. Oh, really? Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. That's so he really made great. it. We did a big Texas barbecue Amazing. spin around with Randy. Hell yeah. It was fun. Nice. Yeah. All right, well, Chad will be on the next episode, too, which we're also doing tonight. Uh, for those of you podcast listeners, they'll probably publish a, a couple weeks apart. But uh, we're going to do our Tasty Tribute show next, right here from the Hop Grenade Studios, um, as it's Tasty Night, a 21-tap salute. So hang in there for that. Teresa, we got a long night ahead of us, but we got some great brewers to interview. I know. I, I really can't wait to see what happens, to it's, be honest. It's going to be fun. Chad gives us all his strongest beers to get us started. Yeah. I know. There's going to be some dropping of trout. Not me. Thank <laughs> oh, God. I am in you. my own room. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners at home, you can guess who might lose their pants on the next episode of the session. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our sponsor, More Beer. Go to morebeer.com and check them out. As always, they support us. Uh, check out 21st Amendment beers. Go to beersmith.com and download your free uh, homebrewing software. You get a 21-day free trial. It's amazing stuff. All right, folks, we'll see you next time right here on The Session. <laughs>